Well, Hello on. and welcome to episode 210 of Below the Fold, where some of the best content is just a scroll away. Today's conversation, who knows? We'll see where it goes. Let me throw down some introductions. We got Brandon Hassler, founder and CEO of Market Campus. What is up? Paxton Gray, Director of Marketing Operations at 97th Floor. Hello. And I am Jacob Perry, Digital Marketing Manager at Myriad Genetics. Okay, so a couple weeks ago, we decided to go random today. What we're trying to do is invest as little time into the quality of the show as possible. (laughs) (laughs) ROI. We've stopped investing that uh, research period. We're just going to... Well, what happened was when Nate left, it kind of dawned on us that, well, if we're in danger of people leaving, we better change the format a little bit and make it less intensive. So for those of you who are here prior to Nate leaving and even visited our website, our website has changed. It's very low maintenance. And uh, and now even our everything has gone um, downhill pretty much. Yeah, if we don't, I mean, if we don't go this direction, basically the listener is just going to be hearing Jacob talk to himself every week. So and nobody wants what we're that. doing is saving the listener by investing less time in this podcast. That's right. Plus, we're not getting as much um, feedback from the listeners as we would like. So we're not sure the direction that, that you yeah. would like us to go. So we'll just go whatever direction we want. And I feel like with bullet points for me, aside from the work, the work I didn't necessarily mind like putting in the preparation, but sometimes when I was like super, super prepared for a topic... I, I almost felt like robotic where I was just like very focused on hitting my bullet points versus listening to what the conversation was, where it was going, and then kind of adapting to that. You just feel like it wasn't, it was like a natural flow. Right. Yeah. Right. I'm not yeah. listening to what you're saying. I'm just waiting for you to hit some point that I can just interject with what I need to say. Yeah. So are we calling this episode free balling? Free balling it? Yeah. <laughs> Or Commando. This is, this is the free balling episode. <laughs> Commando 1.0. <clears throat> I so like it. What, what do you guys want to talk about? First, I want to say that I'm going to attempt to talk in a much more dynamic voice because I hate the sound of my own voice on this podcast. <laughs> How often do you even listen to the episodes? Hey, I listen when I'm driving and it comes up in my feed and I cannot pull over and change the episode. You have to pull over. <laughs> yeah. You're on the radio and he pulls over every three no, minutes. I, I listen. I listen. Hey, man, I, Johnny Depp doesn't watch his own movies. So, so what makes you think I'm going to listen to my own yeah. podcast? So, does that actor, uh, the wizard in Harry Potter, I think he refused to look at any of the takes that he was in. Dumbledore? Yeah. Well, I, I don't know if it was the first dude who died or the second dude, but one of them refused to watch himself because he felt like it would alter his acting in a bad way. So, that's all I'm doing. It's a method. Yeah. Uh, yeah, what is that method called? Free no ball, idea. Free balling. Commando. Yeah. <laughs> so what topics did you guys have? I don't have a topic, but I have something I want to talk about. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe someday you'll explain the difference. Yeah. Uh, let me pull it up. So there's this new tool that has uh, come up. Where basically what this tool does, and I'll get I'll pull up the name here in a second, but this tool crawls your website and it looks at all your content and it pulls in as many long tail keywords from the content that it can find. And then what it does is you create a template for a web page and then it will actually 
create pages based off of the content existing on your site already, but these pages are hyper-targeted towards these long-tailed terms. So the idea is you kind of like set it, let it run on your website, and it will create 600 pages based around 600 different long-tail keywords, uh, and they're hyper-optimized for those specific long-tail keywords. Uh, I'm sorry, did you say what the tool is called? No, I didn't, but it's oh. called Captora. With a K or a C? C, C-A-P-T-O-R-A. And I've done some research on this. Well, is this a keyword research tool? Like, is that how they're branded? No, 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 no. They're branded kind of like as a content generation tool. Uh, and as far as I can tell, and let me reiterate, my my research on this tool has been nothing more than a site search or a, a search for the word Captora without including results from Captora.com. So that's all I've done so far. So based on what I understand, they don't do actually any keyword research. All they do is try to find terms in your site that people may possibly search for. What I don't understand is how they know people are searching for them. Uh, so what I think is... Are they finding them? What do you mean? Because Moz has a tool where it shows you keywords that you're not targeting, but that people are finding you through. As far as I understand, it's not that. No. Uh, what it is is just if I have this long article, it will go through and crawl and say people might be searching this, they might be searching this, they might be searching this, and then we're going to go and create uh, 100 different articles based on this one article, but with each of these long-tailed terms as the target term for that landing page. It's got to be connected to some type of keyword tool, right? Like AdWords that, that measures average monthly searches so that it's not just giving you specific keywords that maybe nobody is Searching? As far as I understand, it's kind of a shotgun approach because they'll pull in like, they'll create 600 new pages. And I mean, I'll have to look into that. Depending on your industry. Captora. Captora. So uh, in my research, I could only find like three reviews of anyone who has used it before, but they were all positive and it seems like it's working. What I don't really understand though is why, because the content is essentially spun content. So it's very close to being duplicate content. Uh, and so basically, like, why is, you know, why... It seems like maybe that works now, but Google just needs to slightly increase their filter for duplicate content, and suddenly the whole tool would collapse. Because really, I mean, what kind of internet would we be in if everybody was using this kind of service on the internet? There'd be 600 almost identical pages, but just slightly different so that they could target those, those keywords. Yeah, I'm looking at their website now. Have you seen any of the, like the actual like? Do they have examples of this blog was automated by us? Yeah, yeah. Um, they do. I I found it through a review service. I'm gonna give me a second and let me look that up. So they're top. They're top of funnel. That's what they. Right. That's what they advertise. They get you leads top of funnel before it even goes into any marketing automation type stuff well this even goes back to our discussion i don't know how long ago it was where we talked about marketing automation what the future looks like and so you think this is one of those tools that will replace our job oh i mean eventually uh computer especially when you watch like it's hard to explain but when you watch that famous uh, humans need not apply like the 15 minute video it illustrates how usually the argument is oh computers can't like replace the creativity and it's showing how um, computers can like create their own music 
automatically like mm-hmm. using their own algorithms and it's and it's original it sounds good and so i think writers will eventually maybe not be replaced just because i think you could compete i guess with automated uh robots if you have you know your own ideas just like there's millions of writers out there already but i don't see it as a crazy idea that maybe maybe right now it's not sophisticated where it's very similar and it's kind of buggy and so how does like attribution work with something like that like a program that can write music do we attribute that music to the program or do we attribute to the person who wrote the program that's a good question because somebody eventually in a supreme court that will that will be a case i'm sure (laughs) yeah you think the software is going to be uh its own lawyer yeah well i mean that goes into the issues of artificial intelligence like if if a robot programmed by somebody accidentally kills someone who's responsible is it the software engineer who designs the software do programs do things accidentally (laughs) no i don't think so (laughs) so then yeah it would have to be programmed to do that right i guess i don't know a perfect program i I guess a more realistic expectation like if a uh, like a self-driving car kills someone who's responsible so what you're saying is right now we can't blame the car dealers or the car uh, manufacturers because they're not the ones controlling the vehicle. But if if then someone programs the vehicle and it's it's the one. Yeah. If the software is what's driving the vehicle and the vehicle kills somebody who is responsible, is it the person who wrote the software? Or... I'm sure they're going to have some type of waiver that you sign when you, when you buy these cars. <laughs> yeah. I mean, this is something I think your, they're going to have to figure out. All your rights. Sure. Yeah. But anyway, I'd want to get back to this tool. So here's here's the two terms that you can search for to find it in action. So if you search for the phrase boiler service software, the number one result right now, at least, is a site called servicemax.com. And then if you search in another tab the phrase plumbing service software, currently it ranks number two. Oddly enough, it's outranked by Captera itself, even though... Service Max uses Captera. Anyway, so you pull what, those. What are you looking at right now? These are pages that were generated by Captera. How did you find them? There's a VentureBee article that talks about you can use this service to create 600 plus customized landing pages for your brand. And they use those terms as an example where you can see that these uh, Service Max is ranking with these landing pages that were auto generated. So the first one is boiler service software, the other one is plumbing service software. So uh, what's the difference between this and just a spun page? I, I don't know. Nothing. I, I mean, this is just automatically they're created. They're that some huge companies are using it. Marketo, DocuSign, uh-huh. Acquia. Like, I mean, they put their logo on there. Yeah. I don't know. If, I don't know if that actually means they use them or if... I think... I don't know about Marketo. I think they're partnered with Marketo in that you can use Marketo to automatically create pages with their service based on how people interact with your site, which is detected by Marketo. So like marketing automation, landing page creation based on automation. Uh, But they have an article on their site called Three Simple Steps to Turn Your Marketing Team into a Lead Gen Machine. And uh, it's on Captera's blog. Some things that concern me is how they mention like how this works. There's this one phrase in here. It says, uh, let me see if I can find it. They're just talking about how like 
you don't okay take captora's let me actually find it here okay here it is the page will be mostly the same but the small tweaks are important to ensure every page is customized for narrowly defined target buyers and it says in in parentheses google's algorithm algorithms don't allow marketers to cut corners like i feel like this is cutting corners and if they're only slightly different i don't know how that's gonna fly so in the it's long not, term it's not editing the existing page it's creating a new one it's creating a brand new one and yep. it's not replacing it nope nope it the idea why is why would you, have, you want both those pages because one is hyper targeted towards one long tail term and the other one is hyper targeted towards a different one the content is almost the same it's only slightly different so that it can better target one versus the other and you repeat that 600 times there's got to be something we're missing here because that that is literally the definition of duplicate content yeah <laughs> I mean, they're just saying it's it's slightly different and to ensure you don't get hit by Google. And that that's the crazy thing is everything I can find when people are using it is it's it's working. They're generating mm. leads. But it that's what I'm saying. It just seems like Google just adjusts their algorithm to get a little more, you know, strict on duplicate content and suddenly all of this comes crumbling down. It's interesting. Yeah, what's like, this is like totally black hat, right? Well, they're not presenting it as Black Hat. I mean, obviously they're not presenting it as Black Hat. <laughs> but it just seems it seems kind of crazy. I don't get I don't get why do we know how much it costs? No. It's one of those requested demo. Yeah. So well, probably, you know, probably enterprise. Right there. Yeah, I'm sure it's an enterprise level solution. All right. Well, I wrote it's it down. I'll look into it. It just kind of goes against everything that I guess it falls in line with everything I hate about the marketing world, the internet marketing world. And it's not like something I would want to be doing if I was a marketer. But I mean, if I was a business business owner and all I cared about was generating profits and this made made that happen, you know, maybe I'd do it. Seems short term. It does. You know, one of those things that is new and you're like, oh, I got to get on this. But then if things do happen, it's probably not going to be worth the hellfire that comes raining down on you yeah yeah well it, it depends if you're doing this if you're doing this for i could see this right now the big selling point is just seo it's more content it's quote-unquote original but i mean as, as long as this is providing which i don't know if it is or it isn't as long as it's providing good original pieces that actually provide some sort of reaction to uh, the listener, whether it was being informative, it was. I mean, can it, it really made be them considered laugh. Original, if it writes it itself, like but isn't it taking existing content and just tweaking it? It's not. It's not. That's what I'm saying. Like I, itself, I think right? right now, like this. That's like from in high school. I know. And you didn't want to do all the work, but you didn't technically want to really plagiarize. You know, you just took existing work and. Oh, you guys didn't do this. Oh, okay. <laughs> Never heard of that. <laughs> well, I, I think I think that's where we're headed, though. Like I, I, I'm positive that algorithms will get much more sophisticated to the point where you could almost create your own uh new york times where you plug in the topics like i want to do stuff about uh it's all about iphone rumors and whatnot and then this algorithm is somehow able to look at tweets look at other websites when they find that and then it could actually like it uses its smart its ability to just gather the world's information within a millisecond and then it actually spits out uh conclusions or analysis on that in a very uh human way you know i think that's actually been invented already uh what do they call it 
Ultron. <laughs> yeah, a guy Stark, <clears throat> Tony, Tony Stark. He, he, he invented go. that already. <clears throat> you it know, didn't so, work out too well. Something interesting I've been taking in the past couple of minutes, I've been taking one of these landing pages generated by Captera and putting different sentences into Google within quotes. And the only page that comes up is that one. So it doesn't seem... But when you read it, like, does it look like does a good like, article? Like, would like you share it? If, it? So the page looks like garbage, but as far as the content, it looks like it actually makes sense. sense. So I'm not sure. In some reviews, I've, I've heard people say it's not as automated as they lead you to believe. So I don't know. It's perhaps all this content is being written by somebody and the tool only tells you, write, write 200 words about this thing. Hmm. Um, so it could be written by a person, but the sentence structure seems like it's... Did you watch the two-minute video? No. <laughs> watch two-minute product overview. It's a, it's a funny call to action. It's well, very Russian-sounding. Watch two-minute product video overview. <laughs> <laughs> well, it seems like there's additional research that needs to be done. And I'll say this. If anyone's listening and you've used or know more about uh, Captura than we do, which wouldn't take much... Let us know. Inbound at belowthefold.io. Love it. I want to take us down a different topic. I kind of like this uh, where we can just like hit different topics and then kind of move on. Uh, How much money do you guys make? (laughs) A little south of a million. (laughs) A little south? No, actually, uh, I was mostly joking mainly because I knew you guys wouldn't answer that. But um, I want to talk uh, marketing, digital marketing salaries. Where... Where are we as an industry? Where should we be? What, uh, what kind of, what do you need to do to, to get to a certain point? What title do you need to have? What, uh, what's the landscape look like? Hmm. Paxton, I don't know if you're, you're in the best place because you're the one hiring people right now. Um, can, you, can you tell us what the range is for the different positions at 97th floor? Uh, it's competitive depending on experience. <laughs> that's all you need to know did you, did you just quote that <laughs> yeah I, I don't know i mean i don't see a big deal in saying what the ranges are so but... like for example if if uh if i were just starting out in digital marketing and i saw that there was a position open at 97th floor and you you um interviewed me and you thought this guy's really great uh i'd like to hire him and then it gets to that conversation after the initial interviews that you want to make an offer uh, there's probably a range, maybe not. Maybe you have a set. Amount, yeah. Right? No, no, we have a range, and uh, for for someone like off the street, no experience in digital marketing, they're just learning, and we're going to teach them how to do everything. You're, we're looking probably around thirty to forty entry level. And did you do research to to decide on that number? Um, initially, we did, but then the number changes based off of what it takes to work within the market and get good talent. So if, you know, if we were to notice that a bunch of people were leaving and we needed to retain them, then we would adjust mm-hmm. accordingly. So yeah, that makes sense. So originally, yeah, it was defined, you know, we would do some research, but now it's kind of defined by market uh, value, I guess. Yeah, things have changed a lot. Um, Brandon, do you remember how much we were making at 97th Floor when we started? This was July 27th. I think I do. <laughs> How much were you making? I it was either fourteen or fifteen. It was, I can't remember. So I was making fourteen dollars an hour. 
this wasn't even salary. It was an hourly, yeah. hourly wage. But we were also the sixth and seventh employee working over there. So yeah, yeah we were um, just tiny back then. Yeah, things. Yeah, things are way different now. Uh, I think I started at twelve with a three month month probation, and then after three months, you get a raise to fourteen. Yeah, which I don't think they did when you guys started. <laughs> no, they didn't. Yeah. yeah, fourteen I think was the low. Um. Anyway, so like, what else? What what what? what? So that's starting out. How 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 far can it go? And and I don't necessarily need to stick with ninety seven floor, but well, the average. I have, like, with Market Campus, I've done a lot of research on salaries, especially when you're trying to recruit people to get into the industry. They want to know, okay, well, if I learn marketing, what kind of future can I expect? Which is a very common um, question. And the latest I could find was 2014. I'm trying to find... Where are you looking? I'm just looking on Moz with like their surveys they do every year. And the United States... Um, as a whole, if you average out, you know, from the, you know, high level marketers to the entry level, if you average it out, the average, uh, online marketer makes just barely over 80 grand a year. That's the national average. If you wait, tell me again, what, where are you looking? Um, Moz. Oh, you're on Moz. Moz. Yeah. They're, that's this self, is their self-reported data, right? Yeah. Probably. This is well, their so 2014. That's what I'm looking at. Uh huh. I don't know how. Else what does Glassdoor do say? Glassdoor has a national, so this is digital marketing manager salaries. So this is the manager level. I don't think that this is not entry. Uh-huh. Uh, the national average, it says, is 73,427. Mm-hmm. And then it gives me a Provo average, which is nice. Provo. We're, we're sitting in Provo. <laughs> so I guess it, it saw my location is 69,157. So it's below average. Yeah, it's a lot lower in Utah, 000. but well, yeah, cost, cost of, of living, living is, is also a lot lower. It is lower, yeah. But then I, I scroll down a little bit and it tells me average per. Uh, uh, company specific company so like NBC Universal seventy three thousand Webby Max whatever that is forty five thousand Hewlett Packard these are all for digital marketing manager positions mm-hmm. Hewlett Packard hundred nine thousand uh, and then uh, you can keep going down Estee Lauder ninety thousand Ralph Lauren seventy one thousand Texas Instruments eighty four thousand so I mean it's it's pretty varied this is um, yeah I, I don't know what they're basing it off of really I. Like at Myriad, for example, uh, their payment structure is not based on what you do. It's based on your title. So you get hired for a specific title, and typically, and they do annual raises and bonuses and stuff, but uh, you stay on basically the same pay structure until you get a promotion. Um, Could you theoretically get a title-based promotion and keep doing the same thing you've been doing? Yeah. In the fact, only thing that changes is yeah, your title? Yeah, my next promotion would, t- well, it would... I would be basically doing the same thing I'm doing now, except um, uh, managing people, Mm. Uh, which I guess is kind of a whole role inside of itself. But um, I I mean, what else changes really? I mean, you do digital marketing, I guess at the beginning you might be link builder guy or social guy, and then you kind of start to accrue different talents and, and uh, kind of expand your, you know, knowledge base and, and then you can kind of move on to other things. But, um, how much do you think Rand Fishkin makes? Is any public about that? Yeah. So that's why you're asking. Recently you know, he was very specific. <laughs> like I was wondering what you're, are you just quizzing us to see if we read his blog? No, he, this was uh he actually, so, so someone asked it on Quora, how much does Rand Fishkin make? And then he answered it. That's hilarious. <laughs> so I want to know, first of all, I don't know. I've, I haven't seen this. I don't know how many, 
or what he's including? Like, is this a mod salary or this like speaking gig uh, payments? Like, is this just like I made this mm. much last year? Mm-hmm. It's his salary uh, from when he was the CEO of the company. Oh, so this and- is old. And they allow him, they made an agreement that he could continue to make that the, salary. The salary okay. is old, but the comment is new. So, yeah, he, he kept his same salary from when he was CEO. So you know the answer because you just looked up. I'm, I haven't seen the answer yet. Okay. I just... Uh, uh, I'm going to say, and this is a year. This is a yearly salary. I'll say... It's... <laughs> I don't know. Part of me wants to say like $1 or something. Uh, but I'll, <laughs> say, I'll say half a mil. That's a good guess. Well, everyone guessed very high. It's lower. It's lower than half a mil? Uh, it's about 180. 180, yeah. So that's, that's his salary from Moz. So he's making way more than that, probably even in... But he, he also has like, a lot of stock in Moz, so... Does he get paid out every year on that? I don't Is know. That how that but if they works? sold, he would get a big payday. Yeah, I mean that's just salary. I don't know if that includes bonus. Yeah, bonus sure or big bonus. dividends or. Yeah, he, he says he has not over profited a dozen times a year. Yeah, I think a lot of it he does for free. From what yeah, I hear, I don't know. He also brags about um, not owning a car. <laughs> um, you know all that. I don't know all that stuff. Which hey man, good for him. Yep. Yeah. But yeah, I thought that was interesting. So, but I mean, I'm sure there are owners of marketing companies that pay themselves way more um he just does it that way but yeah the big the response was so wait uh, why did you low. tell me that mine was a good guess well <laughs> it was good because that's what i i can tell everyone else like you're not alone in guessing that <laughs> <laughs> that was a good guess uh you were really wrong but so was everyone else yeah so. That was good in the sense that you didn't look ridiculous <laughs> saying 500,000 a year. So a lot of other people Man. were guessing on Cora? No, they he was the first one to answer. Looks like he's the only answer from And then uh, there's well, just why, comments. Why would you answer beyond that? Yeah. <laughs> Someone else comes in. No, no. Yeah. <laughs> no, not true. This is crazy. So it shows the average pay for CEOs in Seattle and it has like a chart that goes up as they get more experience. And it looks like the average level for an entry level CEO is 134. That seems low to me. Yeah, it does. Especially in Seattle. Isn't it kind of expensive to live up there? I think so. I guess there are a lot of like CEOs like Brandon who aren't making any money. But then it says late <laughs> career, meaning more than 20 years of experience, 220. 000. Really? Yeah, which also seems low. Yeah. But these are, I think these are just, uh, yeah, you often think of CEOs as like the big company guys who are making millions, but most but, CEOs, te- technically, most CEOs go out of business. So. Yeah, I mean, there's probably a ton of startups in here that are weighing down the averages. I want to know. I want to see a study on LinkedIn. Uh, the bre- I'm sure this is done. The breakdown percentage wise of, of job titles, like how many out of everyone on LinkedIn are CEOs, or how many <laughs> are entry level or whatever. Yeah, like per industry, right? Because Job titles change per industry. Completely different, but only slightly related. We had an employee <laughs> who created four fake LinkedIn profiles and just went on an adding spree just to see how much people were willing to add you to their LinkedIn profile if based on job title alone. Um, so and, it was the same picture, same name, same everything uh, except job title. Was job different. title was what was different. And CEO just destroyed every other job title, director, associate. I don't remember what the other ones were, but 
if you have CEO in your job title, people will just add you. All right, give me a sec. I'm going to make a quick edit here. <laughs> CEO of Mary Genetics. Yep, I would I'm, agree. I'm sure Mark Capone would like I get that. invites every day. You do? And I think it's because, and it's since I've Do you connect with them or added, do you say, I, yeah, I just, on LinkedIn, I just connect with everyone because I figure it's more reach. How many connections do you have on LinkedIn? 500 plus. I don't know what the... Well, can't you, you can see, see it? You can see? Yeah, you can see. So oh, let me just but say this. In a roundabout way. I used to add everybody. Was it you, Paxton, who said that wasn't a good idea? Uh, well, maybe that not. sounds like something I'd say, but I don't think it was. <laughs> well, because when someone, when you connect with someone, you, uh, depending on what information you have on your, your profile, they gain access to that, your email address, uh-huh. sometimes your phone number and stuff like that. And not everybody has the best intentions for connecting with you. Are you saying someone's going to like stalk you? <laughs> well, I don't know about stalk, but. So how most do I, people are very secretive about honestly, their email Honestly, the thing address, that annoys know? me the most about LinkedIn is the, are the sales pitches. Like, I get hit up at least three or four times a week. I bet Brandon gets hit, hit up way more than that. Um, they don't With even bother me LinkedIn anymore. messages? Yeah, people like, hey, I was just wondering how you guys do uh, marketing automation. How do you guys do telephone? Like, I get a lot of emails, but I think it's because I put my email. I don't really get LinkedIn messages, but... Yeah, I always have people who have software that, yeah, yeah, and, and it's usually that question like, I'm just wanted to sit down, take five minutes of your time and see how you guys approach this. Right. Um, well, how do I find out how many people I've got on LinkedIn? So in, if you go, the roundabout know, way. If you go plus, to so. home, <laughs> okay, and then there should be a thing at the top where it says how you rank for profile views. You so I go home. Uh, at the yes. top. So click that. Like a percentage. Uh-huh. And it says how you rank for profile. I'm up six percent. And then you can see where you rank within all your connections, how many members. Ah. Uh, you can see you're right there. So I rank in the top thirty six, two hundred and thirty out of six forty nine. So you have six hundred and forty nine connections. Oh yeah. On LinkedIn. Your connections. <laughs> I'm not trying to find out where you rank, Brandon. I rank one hundred and eight. Really? Out of three hundred and seventy nine. I rank 166 out of 994. How long have you had your Dang, LinkedIn? You're slutty with your I am pretty. Yeah, I've had it since I started working at Nice Floor, so about three years. Uh, I've had mine longer than that. That's when I created it was at Nice Floor. I'm like, I guess I should get a LinkedIn. Rand is the, my most viewed connection. I don't think I'm connected with Rand. Are you guys Avinash, connected with Conan Avinash O'Brien? Is my number one. I'm not with Conan O'Brien, no. He did, he did like a big thing on his show saying, add me on LinkedIn, so... He's got his like professional resume. Yeah, I'm sure his he's the intern LinkedIn slut. <laughs> Having to go and accept everybody. So, uh, talking about salaries, have you guys seen that new change to uh, overtime pay for salaried employees? I saw a title about overtime, but I don't care about that. <laughs> um, it, well, yeah, I guess you wouldn't, but. For anyone that makes less than $47,476 a year in salary. Anyone who makes less than 47000 something, something? Yeah. If so, if you make less than $47,000, uh, you, your employer is required to pay you overtime if you work more than 40 hours. Hmm. That's a federal thing? Yeah. Is that uh-huh. new? No. Oh, yeah, it is new. I think it was on Tuesday. So right now. I, thought it was, I heard I thought something it was already that. required to pay people overtime. It is, but only if they make less than $23,000. So they're essentially doubling the threshold. Good. I, well, I think if you're not salaried and you're an hourly, 
person, you, no matter what, I don't care what you make, you should get paid overtime. Hmm. So no, but this is whatever. salaried. Oh, it is? Yeah. So if you're a salaried worker and you make less than 47000 you're required to track your hours. And if you work over 40 hours, they have to pay you time and a half. Ugh, beyond that. Tracking your hours is like the worst. Yeah. <laughs> uh-huh. I hope I never have to go back to that. It's interesting. All right. Yeah. What else you guys got? Uh, well, I had a topic marketing. This one's just off topic, but I was thinking about it in our first conversation when we talked about Supreme Court. Um, I found on Reddit, it was a today I learned, and I found that your fingerprint is not protected by the Fifth Amendment. So if you were arrested and police thought that you had information on your phone that they could link to other crimes and you, only you knew the passcode, you had the right to not tell them what the passcode was because the Fifth Amendment protects you. However, I guess some case they ruled because now people are using fingerprints. Your fingerprint is not protected. That's not under the whole free speech and stuff like that. So you have to use your fingerprint to unlock your phone because... What if you refused? Well, then, I don't know. Because that's exactly what I'm going to do. Then they'll take you in the back room and... Get it, out, get it out of you somehow. Las Vegas style. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, that was interesting. Um, but my main topic was, it was a discussion that was uh, getting really popular this last week on Inbound. And it was essentially, is a cold email on like a mass level unethical in marketing? Or it was like, is scraping and emailing like cold email, is that unethical? And I got a pretty mixed uh, answers. Sorry, I was busy sneezing. What? What is this? <laughs> uh, this was a discussion on inbound. If you scrape mass emails and then email them all, is that unethical? unethical? It's unlawful. I don't think it is. If you, because it's unlawful if you do something like illegal to gather those email addresses, but if they're publicly available, I don't think that's unlawful. Um, it's unlawful um, to send a mass email to people who haven't opted into that. Unsolicited. And I, I, I think technically, and I could be totally wrong on this, but I think technically if they make their email address publicly available, they are opting in. Mm. It's interesting. I think that's the case. But on, then on, isn't on everything public? If it's online, it's public. Like if I can scrape it, it's public. Right, exactly. Unless so, it's behind a paid point. wall. That's, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. I don't think that's the case. Uh, however, I will say this, regardless of whether or not it's lawful, it's a terrible idea. Yeah. Sure. Which, yeah, I think uh, everyone well, agrees I mean, it's not a most, great especially idea. Especially if you use a, a system like HubSpot that tracks like unsubscribes and, and spam rates and things like that, it could really, really hurt your, uh-huh. your um, what do they call that, email score. Does that matter called? in HubSpot, like your email score? Well, yeah, it does. so it, it has to do with your IP. So HubSpot uses a specific IP specific to each oh, company. Mm-hmm. And if your IP gets attacked, then it it hurts. Like it, it you you basically get blacklisted. Yeah. Yeah, I'm seeing more and more domains getting blacklisted. And when I talk to them because they're trying to figure out how to get out, the trend is always, how did you guys get so many emails? Oh, well, we had this list before. And then we just imported it in, but they wouldn't really say like where the list was from, yeah. some rich guy's contacts or whatever it is. And yeah, you you get blacklisted and it's a pain so who's to get the, out. Who's the Google of email? Does that, that make sense? Probably no. What so Google, like who owns the market? No, like Google determines who gets penalized. 
right? I think for Google. things like that. Well, depending on with, what service you're Gmail, using. If you're using Gmail, then Google. You're saying like who blacklists you? Yeah, aren't there aren't it, there's there companies like, out there that have there's hundreds lists? of databases that like so Gmail will pull. Well, yeah, from... there, there are there are probably hundreds of search engines. I'm wondering which email program those out of those hundreds is the Google of. Oh, that I would industry. say uh, I think it's Barracuda. 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 Oh, okay. Yes, sorry. <laughs> I was. I was. They're the ones. You. I was wondering. Are, are you saying who's the Google of? Like allowing you to do this, or who's well, the so, Google of so catching you? I guess what what I was thinking is when he said blacklisted, I, oh. I instantly thought Penguin, right? So Google has their Penguin update, which blacklists websites that are right. you know breaking Google policy yeah. in specific ways. Who's the email? Well, who's the problem the email that blacklists you from from people getting your emails. The problem with that question is like Google, there isn't one. Google is one. Uh, service, you know, so you're optimizing for Google. They penalize you on their network, like Gmail and Yahoo. They are looking like the the part of their spam algorithm is looking at these dozens of databases. So whether you're flagged on this one or at that one, then Gmail. So there could be the question of which has the most influence. I don't know if there is it, based off what I'm seeing, even like there's random uh, databases I've seen that have been flagged. And their messages are often going to spam, like they're not seeing them. And so... What stops you from just using a VPN? Most people just don't. Don't know how? Don't. Yeah. What? Or they don't know how. People who are in like the spamming industry don't know how? I'd say that's... Well, yeah, but that's a very small, like your average business owner who's like, oh, I'm supposed to get a MailChimp and build up my list. And uh, 90% of the companies uh-huh. spam, you know? <laughs> I'm sure spam experts have their ways around things if that's what their yeah, full time thing is. Yeah, they just destroy IP after IP after IP and yeah. just move on. Yeah, but uh, yeah, that was interesting because you can do that even with HubSpot. If you, the, my understanding is that if you like, if you ruin your IP with this stuff, you you can purchase new IPs from HubSpot. Uh, I'm hesitant to or, answer. That. Are you I'm not providing totally HubSpot sure. with the IP address? I I think it's through HubSpot. Hmm. I think that. Because if you stay on the same IP, this I've talked. We have a full time email marketer, and uh, he said that we've been pretty close. So we share HubSpot with other companies. Like uh, Myriad acquired a company three or four years ago called Crescendo Bioscience, and they have access to our HubSpot. And they aren't trained in the same way, so they purchased a list without us even knowing and and blasted it, and it was a really really spammy, terrible list. And we got we got dinged pretty bad. And he said we are we are literally on the verge of being out of the email space for five years if we stay on this IP. Wow. And I don't know if he was exaggerating or what, but uh, it's it's pretty serious. I mean, you talk about Penguin getting um, de-indexed from Google. That's serious. You know, people lose millions of dollars in some cases, especially if most of your traffic is coming through organically, and all of a sudden that which is common. Yeah, it is. It is common. Yeah. And people. You know, it's hard to get out of. Um, so anyway, so it can be devastating. Is really it unethical to... back to like you had to put a yes or no? Could you sleep at night? Yeah, I could. And I'll tell doing you cold why. emails. If, if, if you if you include an unsubscribe link and it's just one click for them to unsubscribe, it's not that big of a deal. Yeah. That's really I, and usually you'll is. get you away ethical for making someone click on a link. Yeah. And, and I, no, I don't. You, I think technically, yes, like you said, you're still breaking the law. But I do think from everything I've seen, I do. as long as you're providing like your address, but unsubscribe. I'm not breaking the law. Yeah, that's not I, true. I don't see any cases. different than being bombarded with unwanted ads on Facebook. Like, or what about mail? 
I get junk mail in my yeah. mailbox and, all the and, time. Uh, well, that like, annoys me way more yeah. than yeah. spam. My mailbox is so small on those, like, it's one of those, like, community <laughs> ones. And it's just like, if I go a week without checking it, it's just full with ads. Yeah. Well, that's not, that's not the problem. That's not the thing that bugs me. I can see why that would bug you. My mailbox is just a slot into my house. So basically my house <laughs> is the size of my mailbox. Uh, it's the space it takes in my trash can. Mm. I've got to empty that thing out like three times as much because of these stupid ads that I get in yep. my mailbox. Do you think email will... I remember reading a few years ago that millennials are going to be ditching email and it's going to be like the, the form of contacting others is going to be through Facebook and like Facebook would have their own mail. They're going back to snail mail. <laughs> they're going back to snail mail. <laughs> Like, do you think like these social, like everyone's getting into the whole messaging? Google's trying to get into it. Facebook's putting, uh, they're doubling down on messaging. Do you think that will replace? We're we're millennials. Yeah. I'm, I'm, we're on the older, we're the older side of of, it, of millennials. When does Mm -hmm. it end? I don't know. I've, I've researched right now. Are they considered millennials? I don't think so. I think, I don't think Is Gen X above us or below us? Above us. Above us. Gen X is like, they, Gen X is our parents. Right? Uh, no. My, Gen my X is like was, early 40s right now. My understanding was that Gen Y and millennials are the same. Yeah, millennials, I think, is just another term for Gen Y. Yeah. yeah. So, but Gen, Gen X is above us. Like, they're like they're between not us parents. and our parents. Yeah. Maybe like your. My parents are definitely not in their I think, 40s. I think my parents. I think they're baby boomers. Baby boomers are like retired right now. Yeah. Well, I guess it depends on how old your parents are. But like, if your parents are in, your, in their fifties, I feel like that's baby no, boomers. No, no, no. Baby boomers are like they're in their seventies now. Really? Yeah. Baby Ugh. boomers was World War II. They came home from World War II, and that's when no. baby boomers started. Yeah, yeah. They were born from the soldiers that returned from World War II. So they returned in. They would have been born in like the forties. <sighs> I don't know. Okay. <laughs> This says we may be giving Gen Y. Uh, this is the generation name. of Americans born between 1946 and, and the end of World War II and no. 1964. Yeah. Oh wait, World War II ended in 64. Is that what you're? No, 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 no. Oh, the, the date range is 1946 to 1964. Yeah. Okay. So my parents were born in 50. My mom was born in 55. My dad in 57. Yeah. So they're baby boomers. Oh, so baby boomers ended in 60. 64. How, 64. Wait, so 46 to 64. Yeah. How can you have? Baby boomers are baby boomers because the the military were gone so long they came back and just like were rabbits with their wives. You know what I'm saying? I think how can that effect last for so long? That's like 20 years. Well, I think it's that they came back. Yeah, there's that thing, but I think they also came back. <laughs> that bought thing. They bought homes, got jobs, started families, and that took like within the space of 20 years of the war ending, they had all basically gone that route of. Buying a home, starting a family, and the yeah, children I from those. I mean, I can see, I can definitely see a range, right? Yeah. But twenty years seems like a lot. Most people don't have kids. So here's what I'm seeing on Google. So uh, generation. So you have baby boomer, boomers, then Generation X, and that was roughly the 1960s to the mid 1970s. So a much shorter. Yeah. Generation, shorter and then you have Generation Y, which it appears is different from millennials. This is people born the, in the 80s overlap. and 90s. Yeah, yeah. There's but yeah, there's overlap. overlap because then I've looked at the definition of millennials and it like goes back to like when I was born. Yeah. So that that more of the story, there's like no clear cut answer. Yeah. From what all of my research, because I've even looked at yeah, this I've before. Looked, I'm pretty I've sure the kids being born now though are not millennials. But usually when you say millennials, you're picturing the 19 year old 
hipster with yeah. the beanie tight pants sitting on Snapchat all day. Beanie tight pants. Beanie and beanie tight, and tight, oh, tight pants. pants. Those are like, those the are the beanie, beanie tight, man. <laughs> yeah. I don't like, know the beanie pants. Dang. But yeah, I mean, back to the email. Do you see email like? I don't. I mean, Gmail's done such an amazing job at keeping email the thing relevant. Is, I, if it starts happening that way, I imagine email evolving. So I don't think email will ever go away. It'll just become something else. Mm. What would it become? I feel like we're at the beginning It'll of be a... Z-mail. <laughs> I don't know what Z stands Called for. Called Google but... Messenger. And it's like, now your emails are instant in chat form. Chat's coming back, man, and Slack's heading the revolution. We're at chat. The, we're at the end of our episode. So let me but tell you something real quick. I think we're at the you. beginning of a deb- of a of a, a battle between for communication. Uh, okay, so I like this. Um, let's end the episode, and then next week we'll pick, pick it up. up exactly where we left off. Okay. Like exactly cliffhanger. Everyone listening will be impressed by how well we retained. What we've been just a about. week later, like a whole week. So crazy. <laughs> uh, if you want to reach out and, and share some topic ideas, uh, hit us up at inbound at below the fold.io. We've had a few people get in touch with us and share some topic ideas. And other, uh, if you're actually interested in, in um, uh, being a guest on the show, uh, we've had some interest there. Uh, I, I will say this as a uh, kind of warning. If you want to be guest on our show, typically we you we would ask for your phone number and then we would just randomly call you and we don't want you here just to promote your crap have something cool to say yeah i mean if you've got crap to promote screw that crap on someone else (laughs) (laughs) any any last words nope okay let's finish this baby off send me your swag peace